It took time to recover from the journey home. It was the weekend and I didn't return to work until Monday. I went to the local brewery and people were curious about my trip, wondering if I was going to be moving anytime soon. Samantha, one of the bartenders and a friend at the time, asked about the trip and all I could do was shake my head with a look of disappointment. She asked if I had seen the Space Needle, the Troll Under the Bridge, Pike Place Market. The list went on and on. I continued to shake my head. What the heck happened? She asked, thinking I was going to have this great story. I went through the process of obtaining a passport a few weeks prior to leaving with the hopes of going a few places and starting to see the world. Things were opening up for me and yet I was still at home. That passport still sits in my dresser, unstamped and soon to expire. I told her everything, all the things you read until now came out. I never saw the one place I wanted to go and the places that any tourist would have been taken to remain a mystery to me after a week. After drinking my beer, I went home feeling like a disappointment to myself. I sat at my computer in my dining room turned writing studio, and looked at a blank page. Instead of working on the show I decided to focus on something different, my next book. Later that week, after going back to work and returning to the grind of cleaning courtrooms and offices, we had another Skype meeting. We are scrapping the season. We're going to focus on the pilot and make sure that is fine-tuned to perfection. If I had hair, I would have pulled it out. The cameras were off. Skype was a glorified conference call. I shook my head in disbelief and wondered why the hell I was brought all the way to the other end of the country to begin with. We were literally backing up to a place before my trip to Seattle. Even with my frustration I decided to stay. The extra $300 a month wasn't bad for a few hours of work but I would learn later how much Nick was expecting from me. What was a few hours a week turned into more meetings, more projects assigned and soon he was trying to add more shows when we couldn't get one moving along. Nick wanted to add more characters, add some random thing for no reason here and that's what we were working with. Everything had to be in the first season. Before I knew it was working more hours on the show than I was on my own books, the real money makers and I wondered what the heck I was doing. A script writer was brought in and Todd was in charge of writing the pilot episode. I felt bad for the man, not knowing what he was getting involved in. During our meetings I came across as a good man, someone who was agreeable but didn't stand up to unrealistic expectations. He was a father with two kids and while he was trying to become a television writer, he worked other various jobs to get by. What he was being paid wasn't worth the time he was putting in. During our emails back and forth on certain topics I tried to warn him about what he was getting into but like me when I first started, he was promised the glitter and glory of Hollywood. Neither of us could see the forest for the weeds. It was around this time that Nick started to have the project funded by his girlfriend, the wealthy soon-to-be divorcee, he had met on a cruise the year prior. She was unhappy in her marriage and started shacking up with Nick to get away. California laws were tricky so they kept their affair a secret until the final papers were signed. She received a $3 million payout along with annual alimony. Convinced by Nick to invest some of the money they started a company that only existed on paper and payroll was set for the next few years. Nick had finally corrected his mistake from decades before by nailing a rich woman to set him for the rest of his life. At the time it appeared that the project would move forward and we would eventually sell everything and move along to something else. As time went on the expectations became unrealistic and we here running around with our heads cut off trying to figure out what the hell Nick wanted. He was becoming harder to contact and when he did pop up there were frustrated tirades about nothing being done. Meetings would go on for hours, the majority of the time spent listening to Nick talk about some story in his life we had already heard several times before. I didn't want to hear about Norway, the textile factory, the production company, his AA meetings. That ended up being the last straw. 
After 2-0 minutes of hearing Nick talk about the everything but the project he started discussing his time in AA and how it turned his life around. Glad it worked for you. It doesn't work for most people. It was 3am and I wanted to sleep. I knew that AA would be another 20-30 to 30 minutes and my time was being wasted. It works. How would you know if it works or not? The success rate is 13% and AA wouldn't know that because anyone who doesn't stick with the program isn't tracked. They have false statistics to make themselves look good. That's bullshit. You don't know what you're talking about. I needed a higher power to get me through and come out sober in the end. AA saved my life and you think you know better than someone who was in it? Where do you come across saying these things? Sam and Todd were silent. A button had been pushed and all I wanted to do was go to bed already having nothing to work with from the meeting. You said yourself you had to stop smoking to stop drinking. That's not a higher power, that's thinking. There was an eruption on the other end. Sam jumped in trying to calm Nick down. While Nick went on a rampage I sat back and listened. It was the only joy I would get out of this meeting and it all happened because he could only focus on himself and not the show. We've been on this call for 3 hours and for the last 30 minutes all you have done is talk about yourself. I don't know what you do during the day but I need some sleep and I have to go to work tomorrow. Stop wasting my time. I finally said it. I was expecting to be fired. I wanted to be fired. I was begging to be let go. For once Nick listened. You're right, I'm not respecting your time. Let's wrap this up and start again in a few days. There was a sigh of relief from Todd's end and I signed off without saying goodbye. The next morning, I started receiving the emails. Nick had added me to his carbon copy list at the beginning of the project, and I would receive emails about everything from bills to be paid and the show. It also included messages back and forth with Sam. Shit was starting to get real. If that son of a bitch starts that shit again, he's gone. The messages continued all day as Nick and Sam discussed what to do with me, and I read everything. I wasn't the only person they were talking about. Todd was viewed as the suck who was working for less money than he was worth. Nick started looking for other writers to replace me, and I was glad. I would continue to receive payment until the last day, at least that was the plan. I'm bringing another writer into the project, Nick said at the next meeting. He was in contact with a woman from the Seattle area that he wanted to hire. The next day he was bitching through email that she had told him to contact her agent to arrange a deal for the job. Nick lost his shit when he demanded to negotiate with her directly and she stopped responding to his messages. He didn't handle rejection very well. I was still the only writer he had to work with and the demands I was making were viewed as obscene. Don't waste my time. Focus on the show. Finish one thing before going on to the next. No, I'm not writing your books for a show that hasn't been thought through yet. If I'm working on more than one show then you are paying me an equal amount for each show. We had come to a crossroad and neither of us would budge. We stood there going nowhere and that was where the show would stay until something changed. 